Uh, I have a question for us, Renaissance. Have you ever had a moment where you realized that the person you've been talking about, you're talking to? I have an example. So 12 years ago, I was just a, a teenager and I was talking to one of my best friends ever and we were leaving a dance class and her and I began talking about life, about future careers, and then eventually we began to speak about future spouses, which, hello. <laughs> and I began to describe to my best friend ever what I think God is going to provide for me in a future wife. And, and she, as a good friend, starts telling me, well, this is the kind of man you got to be if you want this in a future wife. And she starts describing her future husband to me. And, and well, you might have already seen the photo, but now 12 years later, that person, Marlene and I, have been married almost seven years and have two sons, Levi and Zion, uh, almost four and then one. Yeah, so it's, it's incredible. We, we didn't plan it this way, Renaissance. We were just friends. But over time, we began to realize, why, why am I talking about you when I could talk to you? You are the one I love. You're the one I love. It's like the veil was removed and we realized you've been here the entire time. Uh, in our text today, in Luke chapter 24, if you have a Bible, you can turn there, please. Uh, this happens. This happens on a much more profound scale because there's a guy named Cleopas, which that's a great name, Cleopas, and he has a buddy and they're leaving Jerusalem. Uh, just to give you some context, they went to Jerusalem for something called the Passover and the Passover is this annual festival where you celebrate God's faithfulness. You bring an offering to God. You see, now in 2023 here in Harlem, we can bring a, our offering of praise, of thanks, of worship like we just did. This worship band was amazing, by the way. This is what we bring to God, a, a sacrifice of our praise in our heart. But, but in Old Testament time and even through the, the New Covenant, you had to bring something with you. You had to bring a lamb, a goat, a sheep, an animal, because that animal, it signified your money, and we just worship through giving. It, it signified your, your livelihood, your, your capacity to eat, because you would obviously eat animals as well. And so, so what they were doing is they were bringing a sacrifice to say, God, I'm going to trust you with my finances. I'm going to trust you to feed me and my family. That's what Passover was. It was you wanted to bring the best of the best from your herd and give it to God because you trust him and his mercies are amazing. Well, in our text today, Cleopas and his friend, they're leaving Jerusalem. They're leaving this celebration because they just heard that this Jesus that they wanted to follow was crucified. And they're not happy about it. Because they thought that he was going to be the promised savior, the, the way, the one that would rescue us from the Roman Empire oppression. And now he's dead. Luke chapter number 24, starting at verse number 13, the Bible says, The same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus. Can we say Emmaus? Emmaus. Seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. And Jesus asks them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? And they stopped short, 
sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about the things that happened here the last few days. In other words, have you been under a rock, bro? We continue. Jesus asks, what things? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. Let's stop there for a second. Uh, What I want to accomplish in our brief time together, Renaissance, I, I want your heart to burn. I want your heart to burn. And when you hear that, some of you think, Acid reflux, simmer down. No, I'm not talking like esophageal issues. (laughs) I'm talking like your heart, your soul. I want your soul to burn. Before we unpack those few verses, think about for a moment, what makes your heart burn? I mean, like your soul gets so stirred up. For me, I tell folks all the time, two things can make me cry on the spot. One is the presence of Jesus. Two, talking about my family. In a moment, I'll go from being a thug to like, and then guys, I would just, I just, those are the two things for me that, that, that melt me, they make my heart burn. What are those things for you? Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a place. Maybe it's a thing, a thing that you love, that you're passionate about. I hope to accomplish in the next few minutes that one of the things, if not the biggest thing, that would make your heart be filled with passion and make you feel undone, that it will be the presence of Jesus. So in order to accomplish that, let's unpack these few verses. I told you about Cleopas. They were walking along. It was seven miles, which I'm sure as New Yorkers, we've all walked seven miles. It's not lost on me that there are people Yeah, right now, running 26 point, how many? Why? Can we just, she said, preach, I see you, I see you, sis. I mean, we'll get back to that at the end, and I may make some of you cry, but it's not lost on me that seven miles in the ancient world, yo, that's a minute, that's a minute, like, they don't got the new balances, they don't got the fresh J's, like, seven miles is a little bit of a track. And we know that Cleopas and friend, who goes unnamed for our story, they're leaving the place that they should have been still. They're leaving Jerusalem. And then we saw, as I illustrated, that Jesus begins to walk with them very suddenly. Okay. Cleopas explains, have you not heard what happened? Jesus begins to ask questions. Ain't that so funny that Jesus would ask us things that he knows the answers to? Some of you guys are like, that's frustrating. It is. It is. But as a father, I'm learning. I get it now. I get it. I ask my three-year-old who will be here in the next service. I ask him questions that I know the answers to, but, but I want to hear from him, you know. I want him to open up his mouth and tell me. If you're a note taker this morning, I want you to know that there are three things. There's several. But for today, there are three things that if you know these things, your heart will begin to burn for Jesus. And thing one, I didn't write it down for you, so it's on you to write it. Thing one is know that Jesus wants to hear from you. Yo, why was Jesus asking questions that he already knew? He begins to suddenly walk 
with Cleopas and friend. I'm assuming he walks like this because Jesus got some swag. Katomate. And as he walks with Cleopas and friend, he's like, yo, what's poppin'? What's up? Why are you so sad? And Cleopas is like, are you serious? And Cleopas then t- tells him, like, yo, the last few days, this guy named Jesus, we thought he was a prophet. We thought he was the risen Savior. We thought he was all these things. But the leaders of the day, they, they crucify him. He's no longer here with us. And, and Jesus is just listening to them talk to him about him. <laughs> Yo, I don't know how your prayer life is. But sometimes I just got to talk to God about God. Anybody else? <laughs> Hi, God. I thought you were going to be there for me. I thought that you said that you will never leave me nor forsake me, so why do I feel lonely? I, I, I got to begin to talk to God about God. I thought that you were going to be there, but it doesn't feel like you were there, so what's up with you? And I begin to repeat God's attributes back to him as if he doesn't know them, but suddenly I begin to realize that he likes that. He likes to hear me talk to him about me, about him, about my circumstance. Jesus wants to hear from you. And so if you believe the lie that you only come to God when things are going hard, so you shouldn't come, stop it. Because if you're only going to come to God when things are going hard, still come. Still come. Maybe you're here at Renaissance today because somebody made you come or because you're like, yo, I'm in the trenches if I'm honest. Thanksgiving is coming up and I got nobody to sit around the table with. I'm struggling. And maybe you felt shame when you walked in these doors because you only pull up to church when you really need God. Hear me say, Jesus wants to hear from you. Can I even submit that Jesus perhaps was walking with you as you crossed over 121 and came on the Ave, even though you didn't see him? Jesus wants to hear from you. Let's keep reading because the Bible preaches better than I can. Verse number 20. So Cleopas begins to uh, continue. He says, But our leading priests and other religious leaders, they handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped. If you have a Bible, you ought to underline that phrase, because that phrase will preach. We had hoped, Cleopas said, that Jesus was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. And this all happened three days ago. And then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. And they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing. And they said his angels who told them Jesus was alive. And some of our men ran out to see. And sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. You find this so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Okay, let's come back. Cleopas and friend share. Man, I really do hope that friend opened up his mouth. Because as I read the scriptures, here's the things that I wonder. Cleopas was the one that spoke up and spoke to Jesus. And it was Cleopas' name that we see in Luke 24. And I think some of us believe that we can only speak up if we're extroverted. Or we can only speak up with God if we have a certain kind of charisma or personality. When really, 
Cleopas just opened up his mouth and began sharing. It doesn't say where Cleopas is from. We know that they're going back to Emmaus, but we don't know where they're from there. I'm convinced that Jesus was Dominican, but that's a whole other conversation (laughs) for another time. (laughs) In this moment, though, my heart is being stirred because Jesus continues to listen. And, And if you're paying attention in the story, Cleopas said all this stuff happened three days ago. So Jesus, in this point of the story, was crucified on Friday. Right now, we're walking back to Emmaus on Sunday. If you know any framework of the Christian worldview, you know that three days after Jesus Christ was crucified and died, he rose again. Cleopas and his friend are one of the first people to walk with the risen Jesus. Here's why this is wild, yo. Jesus could pull up and walk with anybody. He probably should have pulled up and walked with his disciples first. They've been faithful to him three years, 11 of the 12, but you guys know what's up. (laughs) There's so many other people that I could think of that Jesus should have pulled up with first on his swag. But instead, Jesus shows up to a dude named Cleopas and some no-name guy leaving the place they should have stayed because they don't have faith. Going back to Emmaus, even though the scriptures make it clear, and these are Jewish boys, they should know that the Savior would have to suffer much before entering growth. They know! If we're honest, how many of us know stuff but still don't do stuff, yo? I could know I can know God loves me, but why do I feel like he doesn't? I, I, can, I can like know, I can know I'm supposed to do this. But the Apostle Paul puts it so well. He says, what I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, I keep on freaking doing. I, I... Cleopas knows, but that phrase that ministers for our next point, we had hoped he was the Messiah. It's like, yo, Cleopas, you know the writings, you know what he was going to have to go through, and yet and still here you are saying, man, we hoped he was going to be who he said he was going to be. Can I illustrate? I got into one prestigious university here uh, in New York City, and I would never forget the feeling I had. I had graduated high school. I told my mom about it. She's, uh, you know, Dominican, amazing woman, and, and I, so I'm telling her in Spanish, Mami Gradier, yo entré, entré a la escuela, and we were just so happy, because we're breaking generational curses, and she knows that, and she's championing me. I get into a program called HEOP, Higher Educational Opportunity Program. I don't know if that's still a thing around here. Yes, thank you. You know. Shout out HEOP. So I get in, I did all my paperwork, I'm in, I'm telling all my friends, yo, I'm smart, you're not. I got into this school, <laughs> like, we out here, baby, you know. And I, I leave, I celebrate, I leave to Puerto Rico, six days, me and some buddies, we go to Puerto Rico, we celebrate, we have a good time. I come back, freshman orientation is the next week. I pull up, I walk like Jesus with some swag. I pull up to freshman orientation with my mama. 17 years old, I graduated high school a little bit early, and I'm there at orientation, they kind of do the spiel, and then they tell us, go over to the desk, 
and find your name and we'll get you oriented with your advisor and, and such. So I'll walk over and as we're at the desk, we're there a few minutes and the sweet lady can't find my name. So she's sweet. She calls over her, her like advisor person and then he comes over and they're looking and you know, I'm not tripping because I'm in. So, so I got the email, dog, like yeah, I can show you. So, but you know, they're kind of, okay. And then they call over the big guy. Now I'm nervous. When they bring in the second, you know what I mean? That's when it's like, okay. So they brought the second, I mean, and he's walking over and he had like the badge and he asks me and my mama to go to his office. So I'm like, maybe they're giving us more money. I don't know. <laughs> so, so we walk over to his office pretty quickly. He sits us down and I had to translate this for my mom. It's one of the hardest things I had to do. He said, I'm so sorry, Emmanuel. We had to give up your seat. I said, excuse me? He said, we had to give up your seat. We were emailing, we were emailing your mom about this one thing you had to do to confirm your seat, and we got no response. I said, homie, look at my mom. She doesn't know how to do email. Like, Yo, there's something we could do. Go to, go to community college, and then we'll have you in the system. Come back next semester. I walked out of that place so defeated with my mom just holding her. She felt like she failed me, and so I'm holding my mom. We're taking the train back uptown, and I remember thinking, I had hoped. Have you ever been there? In the already but not yet? That like you... You were in, but now you're not in. Oh, he said he loved me, but he don't love me no more. Oh, I thought we were cool, but you played me now. I got the job. But the... It's the already, but not yet. It's one of the most difficult places to be, and yet so many people in the scriptures are in this place. Cleopas and friend are in this place. So they're not leaving Jerusalem because they have no faith. They're leaving Jerusalem because they lost hope. They had it. They came over with their goats, lit, ready to pass over, say, yes, thank you, God. And now three days later, he's gone. I'm out. And maybe some of you find yourselves leaving the place that God has you because you lost your hope too. Because your heart was on fire for God when you came to Renaissance two weeks ago or nine years ago, and now you're fading away. Can I encourage you? Just because you lost sight of God does not mean he's lost sight of you. Just because you can't see God or feel God no more doesn't mean he has stopped walking with you. Luke 24 is proving it. Cleopas is talking about Jesus to Jesus and he has no idea. Look what Jesus does. Instead of condemning him, instead of saying, you guys are so silly, you guys failed me again. He said, yo, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to have a seven mile Bible study. Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining all the scriptures to them. If you're taking notes, here's the second thing you need to know so your heart could burn for Jesus. Jesus wants to teach you things. Too many of us, we come to God expecting to know him already. What? You come to him. You journey with him. He wants to know you. He wants to know you, not who you pretend to be, who you actually are. God can't bless who you pretend to be anyway. Put the mask aside. Let go of the baggage and say, okay, God, here I am. I, I tell my sons all the time, they're only three in one, but I talk to them like they're college students. <laughs> I say, yo, 
If you want to really know God, you have to let go of what you think you know about God. Surrender that. Surrender that. The hardest thing to do in our discipleship to Jesus is not learn more about him, is to surrender to him. I am so prideful, Renaissance. I'll be honest. Surrender's hard for me. And yet, all that Jesus asks of me is all of me. So it's not complicated, but it does cost everything. It costs everything. Jesus wants to teach you things. He wants to teach you about the Bible. He wants to teach you about who you are. Let's finish our text. Verse number 28. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus, I love this. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then Jesus broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, everybody say suddenly. (laughs) Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that very moment, he disappeared. Are you kidding me, Jesus? Yo, yeah, what? They said to each other, this is it, y'all. This is why I spent 30 minutes with you right here. Uh, Cleopas looked at his friend and he said, Whew. Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Mm. You know what I wish? I wish I knew that Jesus was with me in the moments that I can't feel it. Does that make sense? I'm frustrated with myself when I finish a super difficult season and I look back, I'm like, oh God, you were there. Anybody else? Like, like, God, can you help me have eyes to see you here? (laughs) Renaissance, I came to encourage you today for some of you, the walk is, is not seven miles of hopelessness. For some of y'all, it is 26.2. Some of y'all have been like, yo, you've been in a journey, a marathon of sorts. Can I submit to you today that Jesus is with you, that Jesus has been walking with you, that Jesus, even if you haven't seen him, hasn't left. I love the end of our story because because Jesus acted as if he were going to keep going, again, knowing he knows his guys. And then the Bible says, but they begged him to stay. I know this is NYC, and we don't beg nobody for nothing, but, but as somebody who works with 300 high schoolers and middle schoolers every single week, You know what the next generation is looking at us to do, Renaissance? They're not looking to know more. They're not looking to do more. They got the internet, yo. They know more than us. You know what they're looking at us for? They're looking for a heart that is passionate. They're looking for a heart that is desperate. Have you ever been so desperate? 
Have you ever been so hungry that your stomach hurt? This is what, when I say a heart that burns, I'm talking like, if I don't eat anything in the next moment, I'm going, I'm not, like, it's that, it's that. And I'm convinced, Renaissance, that if you have not felt that way about Jesus, you probably haven't really seen Jesus clearly yet. Because once I really saw Jesus, Renaissance, I couldn't look away. Once you see beauty, why look anywhere else? Uh, KB, one of my rapper friends, he says, once you've really seen the Lord, you're obsessed with what you see. This is what Jesus and Cleopas and friend experience in a moment. They break bread. They're ready and lit. Like, I'm about to dip this. You're in the hummus. Ah, about to eat it. And in a moment, they're like, it's you. It's you. (laughs) The one that loved me before I loved me, you. The one that knew me before I knew me, you. The one who took the time to knit me in my mother's womb, you. It's always been you. I can't believe it's you. I can't believe you've been here the whole time. Yo, I get embarrassed sometimes when I realize that Jesus is with me the whole time. It's like, oh, you saw all that too? You, Jesus. Romans teaches us that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. You would do that for me. It's you. I don't know what makes your heart burn, Renaissance. But when I was 14 years old, far from God, I did not come from church, young Dominican kid. My mom did her best as a single mother. Some random dude on 175 and Broadway starts telling me about Jesus. He'll be here in the next service, which is wild, which is wild. Anyway, he's like 6'1", tatted up, tank top. Hopefully, he wears more than a tank top (laughs) next service, but it's summer of 08 in this story. I'm walking around. He starts telling me about Jesus. I'm like, yo, you are brolic. (laughs) Like, okay. So I'm listening because I don't want to get haymakered. And this dude begins to tell me about a love of a father that I don't remember as somebody who lost his dad young. And so I listen. I give him my next number and I walk away. Homie calls me or walkies me every single Sunday for eight weeks. You want to talk about persistence? You want to talk about God's love pushing harder than my resistance? This is enough to make your heart burn. So I finally go. I said, yo, if I come once, would you stop calling? He said yes. (laughs) So I come to a church like Renaissance, just like this, amazing church. I pull up. Didn't really remember what the pastor said. So if you walk out of here and don't remember this, no offense at all. I just hope that you walk out of here with what I walked out of that church with. And it was this an unshakable burning in my heart for God. I didn't know about God. I didn't get Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Trinity. What? I didn't understand it. But I didn't need to understand it right then because I knew that something has been missing and now I got it. So I walk out, 14 years old, big head, small body, kind of like now. <laughs> and I begin to walk to, quote, Jerusalem. I begin to say, who else is around me that needs this? 
I need to, I, I need to share this. The next verse that we're not going to get into today because we got to wrap is that Cleopas and his friend, as soon as Jesus disappears, yo, they don't even eat the bread and the hummus. They leave their food and go all the way seven miles back to Jerusalem to tell everybody about what happened. Because here's the third thing. If you want your heart to burn for Jesus, you got to know that Jesus has been there the whole time. He gets back to Jerusalem, Cleopas and friend, and they start telling everybody, yo, Jesus was with us on the seventh. They start telling everybody what happened because once you really love someone, you want everybody to know it. You want everybody to know it. Here's how I'm going to end. Um, there's a photo of my son and I, my three-year-old. We were leaving a birthday party. And my son knows to grab my hand before we cross the street. Well, out of nowhere, we're in a backyard. He begins to grab my hand. And ah, Jessica, you see, I get emotional when I talk about my family. Um, I wasn't even paying attention. I was on my phone. And I say, son, you're safe. You don't have to grab my hand. And he said these words. He said, I know, Daddy. I know, Daddy. And I put my darn phone down, and I realized in a moment, my son doesn't only want to grab my hand when we're going to cross the street so he's safe. My son wants to grab my hand because he likes being with me. He likes the feel of my hand in his. Renaissance Church, can you please know Please know this morning, Jesus doesn't just want you to serve him. Jesus doesn't just want you to give him your life. Jesus wants to be with you. Jesus wants to hold your hand. Jesus wants your heart to burn because the lesser identities that you've been believing about yourself don't really matter. Jesus wants to tell you who you are. He wants to tell you who you've always been. He wants to hold your hand and tell you that you're safe, and he wants to hear from you. I know, Dad. I know. If nothing else will make your heart burn for Jesus, I hope it's this. Jesus chose to leave the right hand of the Father, put on flesh and bones, live the life that we could never live, and die the death that we should have died, just so that three days later, he will rise again, making him the promised savior, but also defeating the enemy and his schemes, and then also doing things like walking with Cleopas and his friends seven miles just to be with him. This is the Jesus that is walking with you, friends. So let's pray. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> I'm asking you for my friends here at Renaissance. Father, would a moment with you right now outweigh a lifetime of moments with anybody else? Jesus, I'm asking for my friends this morning. Whew, some of them, oh God, have been journeying for 26.2 miles. God, some of them have been in it for a while God, and I hope they feel encouraged today that no matter if they are in a mountaintop season or in a valley, that you are with them. 
Oh, God, that your rod and your staff, they bring comfort. Jesus, that you want to hear from us, <laughs> that you want to teach us. Yeah, you want to teach us, and that, God, we want, you want us to know that you will never leave us. Thank you, God, that your love pushed harder than our resistance of you. God, so for the people under the sound of my voice, that they need just a moment with you, God. Uh, they need an encounter that will look past their logical mind. And for, and for some of us, we need an, an encounter with you, God, that's not just emotional or heart, that is more mental, that you would speak a better word into our mental health. God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, you are the one that can meet every single need in a moment. And so, Father, you being who you are, would you meet every single need in this room right now, whether logical or emotional, God, whether, whether uh, spiritual and kind of soulful. Father, I'm asking, would you hold every tear that is cried tonight? God, would you, would you hold every worry and concern that is thought today? Father, would you hold our family members that are still far from you as we believe you for them? I'm asking, oh God, for hearts that burn for you, Father. Hearts that burn that will melt away all of sin and all of iniquity. God, a heart that burns for the name above every other name. God, I'm asking for a heart that burns away the lies that we've believed about ourselves. Oh, that we're not good enough. Oh, that we can't come back after we've left you for so long. Oh God, that we are damaged goods. Father, would a heart burn in us, Jesus, that would defeat the lies of the accuser. Father, would you speak truth where there is lies? Would you breathe life where there is death? Oh God, I am begging you for my friends. Would they leave here forgetting everything I said, but knowing that you and you alone can satisfy and a heart will be void if it does not have you in it. And so Jesus, would my friends leave this place filled up with your spirit, burning for your name and ready to attack the rest of their week. God, would they come worship like it's their last and leave rejuvenated, running back to Jerusalem saying, yo, Jesus has been with me the whole time and now my heart is burning for his name. God, do what only you can in Jesus' name. And everybody said,